millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And this is a midweek domestic podcast, our famed MWDP, as we look ahead to a brand new Premiership season. Feels like only a few weeks since the... Since, yeah, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird season. Uh, JB, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. I'm, I am stoked for this new season. It feels... Like, well, a few weeks since the last one. Yeah, I know. And uh, Phil in the Egg Chasers uh, TMO shipping container, how are you? Hello, very good. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to the new season, albeit, as you both said, it does um, seem to have uh, snuck up on us um, from just a few weeks ago. It's coming around quick, right? Real quick. It comes around quicker every year, doesn't it? Every year. Um, <laughs> I wonder if this is what it feels like to be a French domestic rugby fan. <laughs> You're probably not wrong, actually, because their season finishes what late June, yeah, and then uh, season starts again uh, late July, early August. Perfect. Couldn't be more perfect. Well, for that reason, a lot of the stuff you would normally look at uh, to, to preview a new season, new signings, coaching changes, and all the rest of it, a lot of that has happened. So we don't have that to talk about so much, but. This is an unusual season for the re- partly for the reasons you just mentioned there, uh, and the fact there's going to be a lot of international rugby. Some teams will be affected more or less. So, why don't, why don't Phil you just tell us how the table finished last season, and we'll as we as we go through, we'll just sort of identify who we think might end up finishing significantly higher or significantly lower, perhaps. Okay, so if I go through the table from. I'll go through it from top to bottom, and then if we start at the bottom, we'll work our way back up. So, obviously, Exeter Chiefs um, topped the table and were crowned champions. Wasps finished in second, Bristol third, Bath fourth. Sale just lost out, obviously, because of their COVID issues. Quinns were sixth, Gloucester seventh, Northampton eighth, then Worcester, London Irish, Leicester, and, of course, Saracens, despite winning 13 games, were... Um, relegated because of their multiple 
um, infractions and penalty deductions because of their salary cap issues. Hmm. Uh, and obviously, replacing Saracens, Newcastle Falcons will be coming up, um, having won the championship last year, albeit a curtailed championship season last yeah. year. So pretty much like for like then with Saracens and Newcastle. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> well, they're, they're both playing black. Yeah, that is true. There you go. So well, yeah, and on a plastic pitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can anyone make sense of this table which I've got in front of me? Newcastle Falcons, Worcester Warriors, Leicester Tigers, Wasps, Bristol Bears, Bath Rugby, Sale Sharks, Harlequins, New- Northampton, Gloucester Rugby, Exeter, and London Irish. Does that? This is the table that they've given me on Ultimate Rugby. Now, is that, it's not alphabetic from what I can see. You are dyslexic, but you're nevertheless correct. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm staring at this table, I'm thinking, oh, it's not the first name, it's not the second name. What would make Newcastle be, be top of the table, followed by Worcester, followed by Leicester, followed by Worcester? And it's not even north to south it's in the country, because Sale oh, aren't on. second. Maybe, maybe it is. Sale aren't second, though, are they? No. Yeah. Oh, no, Sale aren't not, second. I should know that. Yeah, and it's not east to west. I don't know. Um, it just looks totally random. That that sounds like it's uh, someone remembering the 12 teams and typing them out as they go. <laughs> but who remembers Newcastle Falcons first? Dean Richards. Dean Richards type, type this out. <laughs> Even Dean Richards would put Leicester first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what uh, Ultimate Rugby are playing here. That's a very confusing table. Uh, I think if there's a year for someone who hasn't been a perennial winner or perennial finalist to make it into a playoffs final, potentially win, it's this season. And I just can't look past Sale to be the best set to succeed in this particular season. They always have done well in uh, mm. after World Cups. They, they, they used to go 6th and then 11th, 6th, 10th, 5th, yep. 9th. And um, it, the, the times that they do well is after, it has been historically after World Cups. Do you know why you think that, Tim? Because it's true. No, because you know a lot about rugby. And you are absolutely, absolutely right. Sell Sharks, I think, this year will be a very, very good team. Well, who are they losing um, for a significant length of time? Particularly with South Africa not playing any matches. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Makes a massive uh, difference. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Well, obviously Manu's not, not there. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, and when I when I was looking through all of the signings and transfers, signings and departures this season, um, looking at the teams who had the most stability, there's a lot of instability right throughout the league. A lot of big departures um, across the board, um, partly because of the prolonged season last year, partly because of the um, salary cuts across the board and, and the reduced salary cap. But Sale have had very very few um, losses and only a handful of um, new players so they've got a really really stable squad and two new but, players like you say is it, and what sorry and two new players today two new players today I've, I've missed that yeah they've got a brand new Dupree and they have got <laughs> another a, another Dupree non-related but I don't believe that <laughs> um, and Dimes says quote an international yeah, and also you must remember last season, Lou Diaga hardly played because he was injured a lot. Yeah, Lou will be a, and Cobus and Cobus Visa, who's a monster. By the way, he's a beast of a. Um, yeah, so 
Yeah. Interesting yeah. on Sale Shock's extra signing there. Time uh, says he is a international. Now I am not one to question the judgment of, of Mr. Diamond in any way, shape, or form. Quite, quite the contrary, actually. But I remember back <laughs> in the day when they lost Danny Cipriani before it was possible to afford all of these other players, and he claimed that an, another international was going to be coming in at fly half. And who was he referring to? Rod, Rod, Rodri. What was his name? The lad who played at Wasps. Rodri. Uh, you know the guy I mean. I don't. Scot- Scottish fly half. Played Rodri- oh. Rodri Jackson. Rodri- yeah, Rory Jackson. Rory, Rory Jackson, Jackson. That's it. Yeah. And in the end, they did get, uh, get international. Um, AJ McGinty with his two caps for, for USA. So, <laughs> so let, let's check who Spain's fly half is or Spain's outside, <laughs> outside centre. And let's I see. think you might miss the boat there, Tim. I think, they, I think didn't Sale FC sign the Spanish fly half to, uh, last year? Might be. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, they, they did. Yeah. It, it could be uh, like an Argentinian. There's a few of them on the market. I would say if I was to have a wild random guess, it would be a Russian player. Because Dimes knows that market and has um, magically yeah. got two great players from Russia. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's someone like a Russian or a, Mol- a Moldovan or something like that. So if Sale do not get top four in this season, they then then I, I might say it. Dimes might have had his time if he can't get top four this season. Well, no, I don't, when I say that, I, I mean I, he's not he's not going to go because he's so embedded. But I mean, with the squad that he has assembled, it is abject failure if they're not top four. They will be top four. Yeah, they, I think they will be. No that's what. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. So I I agree with you, Tim. Um, Dimes should go if uh, if they don't get top four this year. Albeit, I said that last year, and he's he's still around. And I I think they will see last season as an enormous failure for them to get top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but and you, can you can't at, really. I mean, that was. A very unusual situation. They play one more game against Worcester. No, they had it in their control. You don't leave, as you've said yourself. You don't. Yeah. Leave, you don't leave it to chance. That's yeah. your mantra. Well, yes, they but have beaten... don't leave it to pandemic planning either. That's what I would say. There was lots of games that they should have won right throughout the season. Like um, Quinn's, I can't remember if it was home or away. Quinn's one of the first games back after the pandemic yeah. and or after rugby restarted. Mm. Winnable game. They should have won it. Had they won it. Um, they would have yeah. succeeded. They shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't have gone and similar ones. Yeah, they shouldn't have gone and done naked mud wrestling in Manchester University halls. They, they should not have done that. <laughs> they should not have done that. Joke, uh, joke. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Well, that, um, well, that is a joke. Otherwise, they'd all be all be interned in the uh, student hall still. Yeah, they'd all be barricaded in by the fencing <laughs> yeah. that Manchester what, University had what, put up. Once you get into Manchester University, there's no way out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, so Sale, I, I could, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished top of the table um, in, in the regular season. Exeter, do you think that they can just carry on? Now we've got uh, guys like, um, we've got Stuart Hogg, who won't be available to them for Johnny much, Hill. much of the season. Jack Knoll, when he's fit, maybe Luke Cowan, Dicky when he's fit. Johnny Hill now, as you say. But, I mean, it could be... It could, Henry that Slade. Could, that could go to many others. Couldn't it? Yeah, Henry Slade. It could be Devoto next. Um, you know, fingers crossed, we said it this week, it could be Steenson. Uh, <laughs> he's <it> could, retired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the Simmons boys, you never know. You never you never know. So they could be affected by a call-up stuff. Right They'll, be They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I have no doubt about it. After... Um, Speaking to Rob Baxter, I now feel that not only are they fine, they're probably invincible. 
<laughs> I really think that. Uh, and, I and can't it, see yeah, it going backwards. In, in, a, in a lot of ways, you can imagine this being... It, you could we might be able to look back in two years' time and go, that was the best thing that could have happened for Exeter, is look at those players that have now emerged. Hodge, uh, for example, the, the fullback who didn't really get a lot of mm. game time, the youngster that came in. Um, Hinkley, that guy they signed from Gloucester in the back row as well. You can There's, there's a few really promising young guys that you could imagine might end up having uh, having big seasons so I, I think they'll be fine so who if those are two in uh, two of our top four who do we see making the top four out of the other sides hmm. can wasps repeat the feat I don't know about wasps I mean I, I think so I'd like to I'd... think they can I mean they, they play such in exciting interesting rugby and their story is so interesting um, I just don't know if they've got what it takes to well, actually, I do know if they've got what it takes because they are playing with this year's squad. They played with last last year's end of season is this year's squad, and it's a good squad. I wonder how they react when they are tested by by a lot of injuries. But there again, they did have a lot of injuries, and they were fine. I don't know. The answer is with Wasps. I think they're a complete enigma. I, I don't know how, how, yeah. how they gone. I mean, Wasps lost, what was it, eight players for the Premiership final and pushed Exeter incredibly close. It's a great so, point. I, I, I think Wasp will be absolutely fine. I think they will, they will have some ups and downs. Stop there. Um, with some injuries, call up some form. But I, I think Wasp will do very well, and I, I'd be, I'd be disappointed in them if they didn't achieve top four. Have you seen that Eddie has released Jack Willis from the England squad? Yes, I have. Well done on your debut. See you later. <laughs> oh, uh, He's done that before, though, hasn't he? I, I, th- I think it was pointed out he did it with Tom Curry after his debut. Did he? Yeah, apparently so. Huh. Uh, I mean, it makes me look a bit like a fool now, saying I don't think Jack Willis will ever be moved from that shirt, and he's moved from it pretty much immediately. So, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I've got no idea. Maybe I don't know. I mean, look, Tom Curry is an excellent, excellent player. So... Well, you'd, you'd have to uh, imagine that he is going to be one of the players that will be involved in international rugby, but there won't be that many. Um, Joe Launchbury? Yeah, that is... Yeah, you're probably right there. Uh, it depends how... No, you are right. Minotzi for the, for the Six Nations and the Autumn. So, Minotzi, does he get the weekend off? Yeah, I don't know what the what the deal is there, but anyway, he'll miss some of the games, certainly, because they... The, the, well, the, well, the Fiji game's off now, isn't it? Italy Fiji. Yes. So does Minotzi come home to play for Wasps is basically what oh, I'm thinking. Oh, right, that's an interesting point. But, well, who knows about this weekend, but generally speaking, Wasps won't miss many. So I, I think I think I might go with you, Phil, that I, th- I think they could repeat the uh, they could repeat the feat. Yeah. I, Albeit, you just, it's one of those, you, it wouldn't surprise you if the sort of emotional toil and all the energy and the, and the crest of a wave that they were riding getting crushed means that there's a little hangover from it. This can go one of two ways, can't it? Either they have been together for longer and they learn more from Lee Blackett and they improve, which is definitely a possibility, or the army of analysts and head coaches wanting to beat Wasps catch up with whatever it is, whatever witchcraftery that they are up to and come up with a suitable solution for them. Mm. And I don't know which way it'll go. I hope it goes uh, in the former, but I've got a feeling it might be the latter. I, I says I'm feeling more of the former, um, just because um, from everything I hear and read and about Lee Blackett, and every time I listen to him, he seems like um, a very forward-thinking and intelligent coach. And if someone finds something that um, counteracts some of the things that they do, 
like their aggressive defence and their ability to turn over the ball and then play from turnovers, I'm sure he will find something else that his um, charges can be adapted to. So I, I think Wasps, I, I would, I'm happy to go on record as saying I'm confident that Wasps will get top four this year. Okay, mm. so, so if it were Sale, Exeter and Wasps in whatever order, who are the contenders, the serious contenders that you think for fourth place? Bath would be my yeah. go go to Bath and Bristol. Bristol, uh, yeah. I would I prefer yeah. Bristol actually than Bath. I prefer personally. Bristol's coaching, I prefer Bath's players. Yeah, but this comes down to the thing from Bath that Bath have perennially underperformed compared to their available talent. I mean they they always consistently had one of the best, not if not the best, not best um, squad in the league, just purely based on talent. Cons- consistently going back years, going back to Mike Ford's reign when he had um, Ford, Eastman, Joseph Burgess. Um, Burgess, now that's a player. Yeah. Low. He had Carl Ferns at his disposal. Exactly. Um, he had Watson. All all of this talent. All the boys. Uh, Falatau at his disposal. Um, Francois, yeah, just but they've they've not they've repeatedly failed to extract everything that they can do, and they're gonna they are gonna get so Will Stewart is not going to be available to them. Tom Dunn potentially, although you could see him being the third choice and therefore not being actually being available quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go Sam Underhill, Talupe Falatau. Jonathan Joseph, Anthony Watson, quite a few key cogs in that side will miss large chunks of the season. Yeah, but their real key players will probably hang around. So I thought Ben Spencer was marvellous towards the end of the season. Um, I like their pack in general. Their pack is big and strong, and they're big and strong. And that's basically everything which I look for in a team like if they can get this together and I think they can actually because after the absolute disaster which would be the Todd Blackard years and I do think it was a disaster given the amount of toys that he had to play with uh, such see- a lovely man he is a lovely man such a lovely but, man but like how far does that take you well oh, it didn't take you to the playoffs um, he, he never he never won uh, Super Rugby with um, Crusaders. He never won Super Rugby Which, Crusaders. We could take it in turns every year and win. Oh, sorry, and win a Super <laughs> Rugby with, with the Crusaders. Absolutely, we could. Whereas, but just just compare that to Bristol and who are they going to be missing? Like regularly, Callum Sheedy, maybe. That, that, Sheedy, maybe, yeah. They're, they're two low knees. Ben Earl uh, Malins. and Malins. Yeah, but they're and, uh, they're only borderline, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, you're right. They're they're on the fence. Other than that. Uh, Sinclair, they oh, will yeah. be missing. Yes, that's a fair point. Yes, um, everyone that bought so, in, really. Yeah, and, uh, and and the one thing that... I th- well, no, Bristol went and won a trophy this season and got into the playoffs. So it's an incredibly successful season. I do still think they have... In in a balanced thing, if you were assembling a, a squad, and we're going to have to assemble our squads for Fantasy Rugby Draft, our draft is ooh, tomorrow night. Is. Oh, what time ooh. is that? 7.30. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yes. We all agreed it ages ago. We did. Um, <laughs> so our draft is tomorrow. We're going to have to assemble a squad. I just think, I can't help thinking Bristol are slightly imbalanced. Like, for example, if you get an in, say, Pierre Tau and Randrandra are injured, that's £2 million of your budget. That's a lot of money, isn't it? 
It's a loss. Yeah, but they just they just slot in Piers O'Connor and Max Malins and away you go. Yeah. I mean, Piotr didn't play in the, the final. He didn't play for the last few weeks because he was injured. Malins was scoring 50-yard tries for fun. It's a fair point. Um, albeit, you can do it in one-off games if you have to play significant portions with, um, of the season without £2 million worth of player. So, uh, Phil, two, who... two of the best players yeah. in the world. Absolutely. It's going to take its toll. So who's making it into your top four then? Because are there any? Well, because you can't discount other teams. So there's no disrespect to Gloucester fans and Harlequins fans and Northampton fans. Saints um, might be the other one I, for me. I notice you are showing some disrespect to Leicester fans uh, by not listening. <laughs> I, I am at this moment in time. We can get onto them uh, shortly. But yeah, we'll, we'll, well, we'll do the bottom half of the table later, won't we? <laughs> so, but if you had to pick a, a fourth team for a top four, Phil, what are you, what are you saying? Uh, Bristol. Okay. Bristol for me. Exeter Sale, Wasps and Bristol in one order or another. Okay, yeah, no, I think I think I might go with you on that. I, I could and see I could see Bath getting in there, maybe at the expense of Wasps. Yeah. I, I think Bath personally. Or I, Bristol. I, I, mm. Do you know what might be a little bit of a a help for both Wasps and Bristol? The final is gonna well, more rugby is gonna be played in more dry weather. Yep. That's a fair point. So perhaps that does fall into Bristol and Wasps' hands, whereas Sale and Bath love it when it gets... When, I mean, they can play fast rugby, but let's be honest, they do like to beat people up. They can mix it up a lot more. Yeah, and I wonder if that might also help... Um, Northampton. Northampton, yes. Oh, yeah. But then I thought that at the start of the rugby restart when you were playing in, whenever it was, June, July... And uh, Northampton were just awful. Yeah, they, they just could not bring together the talent that they have and that was working for them so well. Yeah, um, in in large patches of the previous season. So I, I don't know what to make of Northampton at all. So my theory, there, on... there feels like there's something fundamentally wrong there, and I, the, I have no idea what it the is. The scrum. Yeah, the scrum is maybe, maybe the scrum is absolutely it's garbage. It's it is dreadful, and uh, we've talked about it before. But psychologically, I think that that sends ripples through the entire side. Yeah, you're absolutely right on, on the scrum. I also think that they got their post-lockdown or restart, whatever the hell it's called, their selection style wrong by going 1A and 1B rather than A and B. Yeah. They just, they had bad matchups and they never really recovered after the first few few games. And then yeah. once they're out of it, they just didn't care. Uh, and then Courtney Laws goes down and then, what, you know, what's the point? So, but... but- on the flip side, they only really miss Laws and Bigger. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's your ten, and that's your. Well, he's not. He's not the captain. Actually. Ludlam is for this season. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but that's yeah. another guy who's been called up for the England squad. So it might be Ludlam and Laws. Oh, the back row is stacked. Yeah, so that might be a guy that you know does get does get called up. Uh, I I like Saints. I think Saints will will do well. I think they've had a little bit of a blip, and with a bit of. A bit of luck. They're going to need to correct that. They've got so many classy players. They do. Here, here's another one for you, though, where they're going to struggle. It's getting over that gain line because everything is going out the back and they're trying to use Hutchinson and who's the other classy centre? Proctor. Got, uh, Proctor. Dingwell. Or, Dingwell yeah, or Proctor. Or Proctor. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that doesn't work so well. If you can't get over the gain line, don't give it, don't give it to your boys, boys in the back line. Big T off first phase. They need, they need him in the side, confident and running off first phase you'd hope so wouldn't you I, I do think that makes a huge difference because 
He might be their or best, you... their best gain line carrier. Yeah, or even just the threat of Nairavora. Yeah, and, yeah. And would there be something in the um, the Macho Bastaro style move to number eight for Nairavora? Oh, I love it. What could? What? could could that solve some of their problems? Because they've, they've got they've got a good back row, but um, Harrison or Ludlam, who, who can play eight, they're not exactly huge. Do you know who was quite good for Northampton? I wonder if he could end up being a starting eight. Is Aidendorf? Oh yeah. So yeah, he's an interesting fella because he's basically in the last chance saloon now for for professional rugby. Um, he's come over, and I think this is like this is it. Not the last chance saloon for professional rugby, but of seriously big club. So if he's going to do it, it will be this year. And he does look good. I mean, he he has some skills. He's got um, he's got some pace too. Yeah. So, but I, I love your thinking there. That that would be an interesting shout. It's just Nairavoro is. Um, oh, his confidence was shot to bits, wasn't yeah. it? And you don't want that from your eights. You don't want like a slightly hesitant eight fumbling around at the, at the back of a scrub. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the guy for me who tells you everything you need to know about Northampton is uh, Tamana Harrison. When Tamorna Harrison is playing well, start of last season, yeah, they play well. He was one of the best. He was best, probably best player in the Premiership in the first two months. Yeah, he's not. He's a weird character because he. If you think, how, how can I explain this in a way that makes any sense whatsoever? He, well, how about? Um, well, for one thing, I don't. He eats eggs and mince beef for his pre-match meal every game. Of course, he does. Animal. That's Absolute why. That's animal. why he got the nickname Mince. As, oh, really? Oh, well, oh, yeah. Oh, either oh. that or. It's something that's less uh, less friendly that he's thick as, but I don't think he is. <laughs> okay, I don't think that's where the name comes from. Though. No, I doubt it. And if it was, they wouldn't. T- they wouldn't call him that. No, I see. Yeah. He's a t- he's a top. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, when you watch him, if he's not having a, he needs other players around him to do the hard work so he can go out there and do the carrying. And if he's getting manhandled, which sometimes does happen, then Northampton go backwards. They need if he's on the front foot, Northampton are great. When mm. he's not. They fall, they fall to pieces. So you just have to watch his performance, and whatever he does will give you an indication of how Saints will go. Does, does that not come back to scrum, scrum again? Scrum. Oh, That's definitely. Exactly, uh, yeah, scrum is a problem for him. But you know, in open play, that he is the. I think he's the linchpin. They've got two blooming World Cup winners in their squad. The Franks boys. They're just. Um, yeah, something uh, wrong there, isn't there? I'd love to know what the. I'd love to know what the malfunction is because they definitely can't scrimmage, and I know this firsthand from players that scrimmage against them. <laughs> I was going to say I know, I know this firsthand, you know. Of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so actually, that's a good point. I don't know firsthand, do I? <laughs> no, I, know know firsthand. <laughs> I know this secondhand. I know this secondhand. They've they've only got one of the Franks boys now, haven't they? Cause, oh yeah, of um, course. The other ones at London Irish, but they they have got the better Franks. Hold oh, on, is he London Irish? No, no, no. They've got, they've got them both. He was at London Irish, then he went to the Saints. Is he, is he not back at well, one, of, one of them might have retired, but they did have them both. Hmm. They, hmm. I will find out for you momentarily. I'm just looking it up. Yeah. Oh, no, that's Piers Francis. Owen Franks is there. There's no... Yeah, Owen Franks is definitely there. I'm starting to get this bloody noise again. Oh, maybe, maybe the other Frank has retired. Indeed. Yes. Well, whatever's happened, it's fine. Whatever. Who, who, have, we <laughs> not, who have we not talked about that was around that mid part of the table harlequins I have no love for harlequins I just don't I just just don't I don't know why I, I don't like their setup I don't like what the, the coaching wild animals in training yeah how can you not love that well 
you know, I sort of feel that Paul Gustard is a is a guy who's doing an impression of a defence coach now, rather than being a defence coach. Oh, director of rugby or head coach, you mean? Yeah, no, no defence coach. I think he's still doing all... He's doing his best impression of a Saracens coach. And I kind of... He feels a bit lost when I see him on TV and all the rest of it. So I, I have... Yeah, it's very... When he talks, it does strike me as a man who wants to give off a persona, and I wish he would stop it and just be the guy he is. Because he talks about, oh, empowering players and this, that, and the other. And you can almost feel the anger inside him. And you just want him to... You, you want him to shake it off and just go wild. OK, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Just in the back line alone, if everyone's fit and available, Danny Kerr, Marcus Smith, now Andre Esterhazen, who is a new signing, mm-hmm. gives him a bit of direction. Joe Marchant, who missed a lot of last season, is now back. Yep. Chris Ashton, Mike Brown... Nathan Earl, that's a pretty good backline. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a good backline when they're, when when they're all fit and healthy. Um, it is a good backline. Is it substantially better than I don't know anyone who would be finishing ahead of them? I'm, no, I'm but sure. I, I guess the point I'm making is they've got effectively two new guys who appeared at the end of last season. But Esther Hazen and Marchant being back, that could glue a lot together, and they're kind of a a big direct man and, a, and and someone who loves who's got gas on the outside break and I I think that that could not I don't know about transform Harlequins but I think it could un, it, it could unlock quite a few teams. Well, I guess it's all going to hinge on how creative they are with what they want to do. So Esther Hazen to me is a the sort of player I like. He's six foot something, hundred six foot four and one hundred and ten kg centre. Yeah, yeah, love that, love all that stuff. That, that that is great. On the other hand, they've also got James Lang, who's a great player, but he's a very different player at twelve. You know, you've got like a mm-hmm. second playmaker, very, very, uh, very speedy, quite strong. Obviously, not an Esther Hazen. I wonder which way they go with it all, or will they just pick the right, you know, the correct team for the correct games? Will they game plan it out? And oh, by the way, they've still got uh, Benny Taps, who for. A few a few seasons was absolutely excellent at Bath, and and if they want a light for like replacement for Esterhazen, they've got Lasike as well. Yeah, yes, that's a good um, point. A, another very big, powerful, direct player. I, I'm I'm not worried about their backline. I, th- I think like it's in their backline on its day will be class. I'm a bit more worried about the steel in their pack, mm. particularly through their second row, um, and and even their back row besides Dombrant. I'm just not. Sure, it's well. Skinner's good. Skinner is a genuinely good seven. James Chisholm. Skinner. James Chisholm's a real solid Premiership player. But I know, I know what you're saying. Uh, Evans. Will Evans. Evans. Thank you, Skinner. Ev- Evans. Is, yeah, Evans is a, a good solid fetcher. Um, I, I just it's when you get down the depth chart pack. as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I look at that pack and I just wonder where where the quality performances are going to come from. I mean, losing Sinclair is pretty massive because he's he's a lion in the absolute peak of his career albeit this season if he was playing for England um, less important losing Robshaw is also um, pretty big One. and and they've also got um, other players coming to the end of their careers who are still good quality premiership players like Kerr, like Brown but how much longer can they um, keep putting in quality performances so I'm I'm a little bit worried about the Quinn squad overall. Yeah. So you think they'll be bottom half of the table? Definitely bottom half. Okay. I think they'll be lucky to get um, top eight 
in in my mind. There's five teams we've not mentioned so far: uh, Newcastle, Leicester, Worcester, London Irish, and Gloucester. And of those, Gloucester would be the logical next one to talk about when you look at the, how the league season, league table finished last season. Do you see Gloucester improving on where they were, which was very much middling? Uh, they might go up, they might go down, they'll definitely be middling. So I think mid-table is... Not, you mean it's not Gloucester's year? Are we calling it? This I don't year, think it, it is. is. this year Gloucester's year? I mean, how, what can you do when you spend all of your money on wingers? It, it, you know, it's not particularly good business. They had two exceptional locks. I mean, they do have two good locks at the moment. Uh, you know, Ed Slater and... Uh, I say Marcel Garvey. Marcel Garvey doesn't play lock, does he? Does Marcel Garvey play lock? Uh, no. And Garvey, um, who are two tremendous club locks, but they can't do it on their own. And to let Groblog go and to let Mostart go and not to have a, a replacement of some... But you can never caliber. have... Who cares about winning the ball and setting a platform and set piece? You can never have too many wingers, JB. That is, that is very, very true. Wingers to uh, Gloucester are what 13s are to England. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> the way Gloucester have sort of gone about sorting their squad out is how I imagine a Real Madrid chairman would, <laughs> would assemble a team if he was just coming over to rugby. It's almost like a fan has signed all of the players. That's almost what it's like. But I don't know. Uh, or, or it's like someone's signing it and maybe the um, maybe Gloucester have just played too much fantasy rugby draft and they've gone oh locks aren't worth anything L- yes, w- exactly. wingers, wingers are where it's at they're, they're where all the points are I tell you, you've got a point there uh, Gloucester rugby would be great at fantasy rugby draft they would I mean if you just had the Glo- you've got you got Ackerman for, for his carrying you've got all those uh, all, all those wingers you've got Atkinson yes so they have got some tremendous players their backs up particularly uh, sharp. Um, they need Willie Hines to come and mar- uh, help Sippers through it, doesn't he? Because Sippers looks a, such a better player when Willie Hines is in the team. Yes, quite. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where. Well, yes, uh, he is. He is desperately needed. I, if I was a Gloucester player, I think that they'd be very, very nervous uh, about Danny Cipriani having an off day because when he has an off day, it completely falls to pieces and I'm not sure that they're going to revolutionise their game away from Danny Cipriani because it strikes me as if he in under the previous coaches had his way and then might have had his way in the appointment with the new coaches mm-hmm. so I can't really see them saying to Danny no it's not you're, we're not going to do what you want and one of the biggest problems for Gloucester is they became predictable. So we knew that they were going to run up a little pod of three and that's how the forwards were going to try and get over the game line. And when the time was ready, they'd pass it to Atkinson who would pull, pull it out the back to Sippers. We know all this because we've seen it and it's old hat now. Um, and as things get older and as the opposition study your game, you get less effective. And I think that's, broadly speaking, where Gloucester is, but with a worse team. So here's, yeah, yeah, go on, Phil. I'm just going to say, you, you mentioned some of the weaknesses in the forwards, um, or, or weaknesses compared to when they had Mostart and Grobler in their pack, certainly. Um, they're likely to lose Paledri for a long period of time. Yeah, good shout. A pretty bad knee injury. And yeah. there's a good chance that for the majority of the season, instead of having Johnny May, Lewis Reese, summit and Ollie Thorley in the back three, you could have uh, Matt Banahan, um, Charlie Sharples, uh-huh. and Woodward, which is... I mean, Woodward's still a class player, Woodward's but uh, it's not quite as dynamic as it, an 
exciting no. as the former options. And I can't help thinking, and JB already touched on it, we said they've, they've bought all the wingers. It's like Johnny May, they've brought him home and there's a romanticism with that one. But let's also look at it and go, Henry Purdy has been great for Bristol and they just let him go. Yeah, bye. And so they yep. could, I'm sure they could have had Henry Purdy for, for you know, much, much less than they've got Johnny May for. And they could have invested that in one of their locks that they let go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do have some pieces. And you never know how things are going to pan out. They might have a really good... Uh, they might have a really good season and a couple of individuals might step up because that mm. often happens when you get rid of players. Um, particularly the players of the standard of the two South African locks that they've lost. Um, yeah. I do love... I don't know where it's coming I from. I do love Hansen, their hooker. He's so such a tough little... Jamal Ford-Robinson. Yeah, I lo- love him as well. He's yeah. a friend of the pod, Jamal. Yeah, I, that, yeah. That, that's where they're going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal, a lot, lot riding on Jamal's so, so, shoulders right now. Yeah, yes. a lot, a lot on Jamal's shoulders. So, so just to be clear, is this see this this year Gloucester's year? Um, next year, it's De- not this year. I'm afraid. Next year, yeah. next year's Gloucester's next year. year. Definitely not, your next year. Next calendar year. year, definitely next year. Yeah, not this year. Okay, fine. Uh, right, we're we're down there in in the bottom. We're, we're down in the swamp. Uh, Tiger's territory. Do you, do you know that there was a poll uh, among, I think, Leicester fans who which team do they think is going to be bottom of the table? And the Leicester fans said Leicester. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They've really embraced the um, being rubbish thing, haven't they? <laughs> uh, so this is like a four-way scrap, isn't it? Worcester, Falcons, Irish, Leicester. Yeah. And of those teams, I would say by far the best playing group is... I say by far. How can I say by far? Not by far. The best playing group is London Irish. So I disagree. I think that the best names on the team sheet is London and Irish, but I actually think the best all-round playing group is Worcester Warriors. Mm. I I think London Irish have... um, They've got attracted a list of talent like Sean O'Brien and Waisaki Naholo and Loader and Curtis Rowner and Paddy Jackson and Nick Phipps, uh, Rob Simmons, Sakopi Kepu. Coleman. With, uh, Creevy as well. Creevy, yes. Yeah, they've got a lot of names in there. Um, but I just don't think... Well, certainly I've not seen enough of them to say that they, they are a better playing group than Worcester, who... I think they had some really good quality before. I watched them a fair bit after the restart. I think they've got a really good group of players, good team spirit, and good intelligent coaching under Solomon. Who every time I hear him, uh, I like what he says, so, especially when he's talking litigation of yeah. rugby incidents. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I semi-agree with you. Um, I still stand by that the best group of players is on the Irish. I was about to follow that with the best team being Worcester, though. Yes. So it would fall down on the, the definition of your uh, playing group or group of players. The most star-studded group. All right. Imagine Definitely. this, Phil. Um, what we do is we line up all the squads against the wall, okay? And, yeah. you, ha- and you have to pick... And you, I have to pick a 15, you have to pick a 15. We're not going to do this live. But I would suggest that the 15 that I pick would have more London Irish players in it than any other team. So I would agree with that. They they have more star power. Yes. Yes, they have the best playing group. They're not the best team, best playing group. 
Although yeah, may, may, maybe Leicester. Because you probably would start with with yeah, with, with and, and on Leicester because we said having said that there's no signings to talk of, Leicester held back a lot of their new faces. So who is there that we haven't really seen much of or nothing of? They've got um, that Italian centre Moroni. Is it already Argentinian? Ooh, good uh, Moroni the Argentine. Yeah, Argentine. They've got an Argentine, Argentine. centre Moroni. They've got uh, Van Vyck. The Cobus winger. Van Vyck, who played for the, the uh, Jacko, Jacko Van Vyck. Cobus. Uh, oh, it is Cobus. Yeah, you're right. Cobus Van Vyck, who played for my beloved Hurricanes for a bit last last season. He who did. Is a, and tell me about him. He's a big, strong boy. Uh, he's he, quick. He's rubbish, he Jay. Can, you, don't, you don't want to draft him tomorrow night. It's fine. It's interesting. He can, I definitely. Really, sorry, just to, really, clarify, to clarify, I don't want to draft him. You definitely don't De- want to draft okay, him, no. Okay. So, yeah, don't. Let's get that off. Uh, um, Moved. They've got uh, Muri Murivalu, who we saw a little tiny bit of. Uh, Nandolo, we saw a little bit of. And if he's fit and firing, he could be effective for them. So you you got a re- they've got that um, young. Uh, they've got an understudy for George Ford that isn't Zach Henry. They've got another fly half, a Diaz, Diaz Borio or something like that. Cameron, what's his name? I, I can't remember. Is I don't know much about him. Is he an Argentine as well? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh- uh, Joaquin Diaz Bonilla, Bonilla from so. from the Jaguares. From the Jaguares, mm. yeah. So yes, he is listed on Ultimate Rugby, but also interestingly listed on um, Ultimate Rugby. I don't know who, who this guy is, but he's he's that balance of a good year by by just looking at stats. A young lad called Tom Croft, um, <laughs> a young lad by the name of David Denton, and how about this guy, Kyle Eastman? He looks athletic. <laughs> <laughs> so so behind the scrum I think Leicester are going to be a lot more effective than they have been. Uh up front can they can they match up? Say it's the same stuff. You got Gloucester, you got Harlequins and you got Leicester. I'd all throw them in the same boat. Um in that sense. Uh, the difference with Leicester compared to the others, all the others actually, is that all their money goes well not all their money. A lot of their money goes on England. So without Youngs and Ford, they are garbage. Yeah, but not anymore. That that is just it. I would say I was just going through that Leicester side. I've never known a Leicester side to be so lacking in England players. Yeah, but they only need. To... And I don't mean international players. I just mean English players. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got other issues then, haven't you? You've got cultural issues. You've got you know. Does it feel like a Leicester team? What what made the old Leicester teams really really great? It's probably their core of English talent and that you know. That and Leicester, identity, yeah. and Leicester talent, yeah. yes, quite. In the way that Exeter have a load of Devon, born and raised lads that grew up together. Yeah, and they they seem to be going down the route of being a poor man's sale. I mean, they can't just buy South Africans because we have them all. So they they have them all. You mean they have them all? Of course, yes. <laughs> quite. <laughs> quite. Uh, so that's not something which they can do. They can't get second-rate Australians because they're London Irish. So I, you know, it's hard to know where the future is for the Tigers. If they take George Ford out of this, I mean, I know we've relisted we've this so many times. What was he thinking going back there? I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Oh, by the way, Tom, Tom Brady, uh, left wing. Tom Brady, left wing. There you go. That's all, everything solved. Yeah. Uh, by the way. Ultimate rugby, you say? Good. Oh. Ultimate rugby, get your act together. This is an absolute disgrace. Absolute <laughs> disgrace. Um, so yeah, I am very down on them. I think they 
probably won't win. And actually, let's see if they let's let's play a game. It's called Will Leicester Tigers win a game in the next few weeks? So let's Will they win one before Christmas? Hmm. So I'm just trying to find. What is that? There's like three or four rounds of Premiership. Three rounds of Premiership games or four rounds of Premiership games. Then we're into Europe. Yes. So I am just looking here for their fixtures. I've got them. Wait for it. Hold up. They start at home against Gloucester. Oh, by the way, and their kit's disgusting. Their kit is actually disgusting. So they start at home against Gloucester. Gloucester win. That's that's winnable. That is yeah. winnable. Oh, yeah. And this is going to be a great barometer. I don't think they will win it. If they do win it, I think Leicester Tigers fans cannot worry about relegation. If they don't win it, the next game becomes incredibly important already. Game two, and it's already all on the line. Worcester away? Irish away. Irish away. So that is yeah. dynamite. Week two, that is dynamite. Uh, then it's an obligatory loss to, to to Exeter. Some challenge cup, which no one cares about. And then they've got Newcastle away. So that ooh, is oh, that the, is. But you've you've just accidentally, inadvertently stumbled into another factor in this season. There's the international players, but there is also the fact that there's very little breaks in the season. So exactly as you said, three Premiership games straight into Europe. If you've got Challenge Cup you might rest more players than if you were in the Great Champions point. Cup. And do you know who they have either side of the Challenge Cup? Well, they've got they've got Exeter, but I don't care which team Exeter put out. They're, they're winning it. But then before that, it's on the Irish, straight after it's Newcastle. So they're not going to get that rest because Newcastle will be going, uh, yeah, we need to win this. And they'll be at home. Newcastle will put out a fully a fully loaded team. So, what, yeah. what what is a Newcastle fully loaded team? I haven't really paid attention. <laughs> That's that Tim is a fantastic question. <laughs> I a know Sinotti Sinotti has left. Yeah, let's talk about something else. And whilst uh, Phil looks up what a full a full strength Newcastle Falcons team looks what, like, what was the team they played against Ealing when they lost? So they've played two games against Ealing. Have they they really? lost the first one quite comprehensively, but they won the second one. Okay. Um, I'm just looking it up. Uh, what I do know is that they've got the dynamic young English centre partnership of Toby Flood and Luther Burrell playing. Oh, that's uh, 12, awesome. 12 and 13. So is Hodgson, yeah. Hodgson back at 10? Uh, Brett Conan has been playing. Has oh, played okay, 10. yeah. Joel, Joel Hodgson has been on the bench. Okay. Wow. So uh, yeah, that'd be, uh, that, that's quite a, quite a strong partnership, a uh, centre partnership in 2010. <laughs> I mean, dynamite. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure about Newcastle. Mm. No, it's a tricky one for them, isn't it? They got Mark Wilson and Will Welch in the back row. If they can be as good as they ha- they were when they were in the Premiership before, yeah, and Gary Graham and Gary Graham, Gary Graham. Wow, wow, they are. I mean, I think Newcastle, Scotland's Gary Graham. Yes, how on. Yes, he is now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, the Mr. Ben of rugby just shows up in a different <laughs> international shirt every week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess we should talk very briefly, very briefly about Newcastle then. Um, in my mind, the favourites go down as things stand. I will say up with the caveat that I've not seen them play top-level rugby yet. Neither has anyone else. And we won't really know until they put the boots on and uh, get get into action. But... As things stand, I think Leicester will probably have a, a let off because of Newcastle. I think again, potentially, because they got that let off two seasons ago. I, I, I reckon what could possibly end up happening is 
I don't think Leicester will finish bottom. But Leicester finish bottom and get away with it again because mm. it's turned into a 13-team league and Ealing and Saracen's come up. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. I bet whatever happens, Leicester will not spend a year in the championship. I know. We just can't get rid of them. And bad teams, <laughs> like, I don't want Leicester to go per se. I love the club. I think it's a great club. But I hate bad teams, and bad teams deserve to be punished. Well, yeah, but not not only that, the uh, Northampton, Harlequins, there might be another example as well of t- teams who went down, hit reset, the gre- hit did the great reset Uh-oh. in the championship, <laughs> and then uh, then came back up and won the premiership. I, I think it'd do them a world of good. I think they would really get their identity back. They all they'd go to all the all these rugby hinterlands. They'd win a lot of friends. Um, it, it'd be great for them. But instead, instead they're going to grimly hang on to the bottom of the t- bottom of the table. I couldn't think of a worse situation for uh, for Leicester to find themselves in. Really, mm. who do you think is going to be yeah, bottom? I tend, Phil? I, I tend to I tend to agree with that that it's this is a bad situation for Leicester that until they have the closure of getting relegated, they're going to be perpetually near the bottom of the table and just sneaking um, wins unless something totally different happens. Um, and may, maybe, maybe Borthwick uh, replacing uh, Jordan Murphy, um, not as director of rugby, but as the lead man in yeah. terms of the rugby. Borthwick's side been gone stuff. by. Maybe April. that is is what they need. Um, with this group of players, I'm not sure that it is. I think from the bottom to the top, my gut feeling is it will be Newcastle. Yeah. Then. Uh, then. Leicester or Worcester, then Leicester or Worcester, then Irish, then we're into top top eight. Okay, so of the bottom four, who is the team that you think is most likely to sub, to get out of the top? Sorry, get out of the bottom four. Who would uh, Worcester for me? Irish for me. Irish for me. I think if Irish all click, they could actually be a real good prospect. Mm. And they've got their new stadium. They've got a new home ground now. They were nomads a little bit. And so I think the the Brentford Stadium will give them a little bit of impetus and identity. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that those guys aren't just picking up the paychecks and they're go, cool. and they're all in for the cause. But um, let's talk about the fixtures then. The first round of fixtures coming. up. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This weekend. Yes, let's do it because this will give us our first indication well I say our first indication our first indication was last season but our second first indication <laughs> so remember uh, uh, there's live games on BT Sport uh, of course uh, have they got have they got the A grade talent out this week no so. I've, 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 I've said guys just leave me till European weeks then I'll get back involved then oh that's awkward I was talking about Dave Flatman sorry uh, that's awkward I was talking about Dave Flatman <laughs> yeah that's what I said same with Dave yeah, Flatman yeah, yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. Same <laughs> it would be awesome if we could get David Flatman on, on the podcast sometime I don't think we could because he's no that will never happen he is too big but... he, he is too big if you ca- if you could swing that one then you should you should. that would be a massive coup for us it, it would be a huge you should put it in yeah but he's too busy doing all the Autumn Nations Cup but if you can you should just chuck it in the Egg Chasers feed um well, I mean, let's not count our chickens before they hatch because I I can't see it myself. Too busy, too important. But if we could, I would definitely put it on the egg chasers. Feed. Oh right, okay. I d- don't hold your breath though. Uh, <sighs> what, what, so we've got two games on Friday night, right? Yes, we have, and uh, I might even be able to go to one of these games. Amazingly, really? Press, mate. Have you not heard? Have you not heard that we're press? <laughs> but so uh, press allowed into the ground, but Allegedly. but then but then they have to do the chat with the DOR on Zoom. I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> watch a game and go home. I mean, look, I'm watching it in a 9,000... I mean, for the first time in a long time, uh, sale will not be sold out. So I will be able to have <laughs> uh, any seat that I want. And now, <laughs> ironically, I don't think I'd be able to have any seat. I'd, because of COVID, I don't think I'd be allowed in the empty stand. I'd have to be allocated a seat closer to people than I otherwise want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, so yes, I might be going to. Um, I might be going to that if, if indeed I can get the press accreditation for it, and if it kind of makes sense. So who are they playing? Uh, Northampton. Northampton. Okay, so I'm going to go home win five points. No, so I completely agree. Um, there is a little bit of spice to this because of the COVID um, fallout. Oh yeah, that's a great point, Phil. <laughs> COVID cup. <laughs> Covid well, ball. Yeah, it's not that spicy, is it? Because all they did is give the Northampton players what they really wanted, which is an extra well, week off. No, L- <laughs> Lewis Ludlam will be absolutely fuming. He would if he wasn't with England. But he's but he'll get released to play, surely? No, 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 because they release their players, so Willis is back, and then they take Ludlam unless they can release them again. Oh, well, okay. So if Ludlam ends up playing, he will be absolutely fuming. Uh, I mean, there is that. because he was one of the guys that tested positive and lost his spot in the England squad, and he's now watched Jack Willis come in and, uh, and do really well. Ah, yes, quite well. He's been picked up by England, but if he is released, I mean, he is the English Audi Surveyor in, uh, in my mind. Very good player. Hopefully, he won't have any part in this. Sadly, Niall will um, Courtney Laws. So they're missing two really good forwards there. I don't know if Sale are missing anyone. I do think Northampton are dangerous, really dangerous. Yep. They don't have they don't have Dan Bigger either. That'll be another one that's not in there. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But Nick Izikwe is one of the best pickups from last season. He looked great for Northampton. So yeah, he did actually. Didn't, didn't mm. he? Sale, please. Yeah, yeah. Bonus can't, point. Can't Bonus see point anything. Sale? I think. I think Sorry? so. Unless the conditions are dreadful. Mm, yeah. In which case, it'll be a more convincing sale win, but maybe not a bonus point win. Because I think they'll yeah. absolutely handle them in, uh, 
in, in the rain. And also, historically, Sale have had a bloody brilliant scrum, no matter who they've, uh, who they've had. And historically, Northampton last two years? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Uh, what's the other game on Friday? It's Harlequins, isn't it? Uh, Quinn's Exeter Chiefs. Yeah. Quinn's Exeter Chiefs. What's his interest in this? Exeter without Slade, without Noel, without Cowan Dickey, without Johnny Hill. Yeah, so I went to a this actual fixture. Is this away for? Sorry, is this at the Stoop? Yes. Yes. Right. So I went to this fixture last year or the year before. Exeter never play on a Friday night, do they? At home. Hmm, I can't remember because uh, they play on Sundays quite a lot, but I never ever yeah. remember Exeter playing on a Friday night. That's a very good point. I can't say I remember it. Uh, no. Well, yeah, we'll come back to that one. Maybe not. I, I don't, don't think. Like I don't think they have. Um, just out of interest, what is your favourite slot to watch a game of rugby? Uh, Friday night. Oh, no, we talked about it on on the pod at the weekend. That Saturday, like 8pm game is ace. Yeah, the 8pm game in the pub is ace. In the pub is ace. Yeah. To watch it in person, though. To watch it in person. I like a Friday night because you just finished the week, you roll into the rugby, and then the rugby's... And then, like that's done, and then you feel like yeah. you can just chill and just sit on the sofa and watch it. Couldn't agree more. The Friday night games are the best by a country mile. Um, so I, I I do like a uh, particularly Six Nations an early kick going to the ground in an early kickoff Six Nations game, like a half twelve or one o'clock. Yes, when you know you know you've got that your your day starts, your drinking starts a couple of hours before that. Oh, you've got yeah. the game. And then you get bedded into a pub and watch the other games yeah. in the afternoon and so, evening. Funny enough, I don't think the Six Nations Friday night game is any good. But I do think the Premiership Friday night games are brilliant. Six Nations has to be done on a Saturday, generally speaking. And yeah. I'm totally with Phil. If you go into the stadium doing it first on a super Saturday, being there live for the first game and then just getting on it in a pub for the other two. Mm, yes. Agreed. Um so that means comprehensive extra victory. Oh sorry, that's what I was gonna say. So I went there for um the game Exeter versus Harlequins. So it must be two years ago because Ibatoya's debut. And I think Ibatoya scored and Harlequins won. I don't see it happening again, though. Well, yeah, but there was that game towards the end of the season where I think it was a bit of Joe Simmons magic towards the end. Only just snuck Exeter through mm. against Quinns at the stoop. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Exeter, though. Bounce probability. I think that these guys are terminators. The, the the other problem Exeter will have is, I mean, we we were joking at the start of the pod about the season only finishing a few weeks ago. Yeah. The season really did only finish like three weeks ago for Exeter because of their successive finals. Whereas Quinns have had a bit more downtime, so there might be a bit of a, a yeah. hangover from that for Exeter. Going I mean, to the well again for Exeter, having yeah. won it all, is going to be hard mentally. Very yeah. tough. I, I, and I'd, I'd, I would I'd be genuinely disappointed if um, most of the Exeter players are even sober. <laughs> Quite right, Phil. Yeah. Well, I would... Um... What a year to like win everything. <laughs> like, like when they're, You can imagine it in um, years to come. Grandpa... Tell me about when you won the double. Well, yeah, we we, we had a massive knees up in the dressing room, and then I, just sat, I sat at home playing playing Fortnite for the next three weeks. We played locker room locking. Yeah, yeah, it's just nothing, nothing to do, is there? Yeah. Uh, I actually now I'm thinking about it. I can't imagine how hard it is to raise my game for 
you know, after winning two two finals to go and start all over again. But that's probably why I'm not a professional athlete. So mm, it's difficult. I, mean, I wonder how Rob Baxter approaches this. I wonder if he looks at the rest of the squad as an opportunity for them to push the guys that have won the title. It's some some clever manipulation strategy that mm. these guys employ. I don't know. Uh, I think this will be. I think this is harder to call than we would imagine for the reasons we've just explained. Oh no, I'm definitely calling yeah. it, calling extra. I'm just wondering how hard it's going to be for extra. They're definitely going to win, but it's how much they win by, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I still, I still do prefer extra, but I think this will be very close. I'm gonna. I wonder if Marchant will be available. Well, Lang's not available. No. Marchant, if he is released, which I haven't heard that he is, I, I might call he, it. And I'm going to call. Marchant is not in the current England squad. I'm going to say a narrow home win. Wow, couldn't disagree more. Mm. Sa- Saturday's games. Yeah, have you got them in front of you, Jay? Uh, I can get them right now. I've, uh, so I've Bath, got Newcastle. Bath Newcastle. I can't see this going well. One bit for bit for Newcastle. No, this will this will be a, a fairly handy bath win. This going to be an utter beatdown. I'm looking at bath by twenty points. And don't forget, bath's last game was a thirty-five-five hammering uh, against Exeter Chiefs. So they they will want to correct that. <laughs> they will want to put that right, and I think they will take it out on on Newcastle. Yeah, so they are missing Charlie Ewells and. Uh... Valatel are they? I, I thought Yules. No, Yules isn't in the squad. Yules has been released. Oh, there you go. They're, so they're not even missing Charlie Yules. They are. They are. They are missing Valatel. They've got so many players. It's fine. Yeah, uh, batter grind Newcastle to dust, utter dust. Uh, Leicester Gloucester. Did we actually give a prediction on this one? Winnable uh, for Leicester, but ultimately, I think Gloucester will win. It's this is key for Leicester's season. I mean, they've got as we've, we've said, they've got three. Um, winnable games in their first four Premiership fixtures. I could actually see them coming out of those those um, four fixtures with uh, no wins. Oh yeah, if they don't have a be... win in their first four, pile your money on. Uh, go down, uh, go make a bet. Let's yeah. just go down. Mm. Yes, I. Uh, they're not going to have George Ford, are they? Nope. Because um, he's been. No, I was going to say he's, he has been injured, but he is actually in the current England squad. Um, so um, Leicester definitely won't have him. Nope. Um, so yeah, give me Gloucester. I would say Gloucester. Tim, Gloucester. Worcester London no. Irish is an interesting one. Uh, this is this is your boys versus my boys. Wow. We get to see who was right about the uh, the better playing group or whatever you however you phrased it, JB. Uh, the 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 team with more players that you'd pick for your own fifteen if you did it like schoolboy <laughs> rugby is what I officially said. Uh, catchy, catchy, yes, very catchy. Maybe we'll make that into an initial or something, um, an acronym. Right, London uh, Irish, obviously. Worcester, give me Worcester. I'm going Irish. There you go, Tim. Knows I've got a soft. No, I've just got a soft spot. I can't because they paid I, your I, brother's mortgage. I admit my biases, and I and I own them. <laughs> uh, um, what do you think of London Irish's leadership group? Do you think that that, that, that was that was one thing that's, that's worth mentioning? I've never seen that before, where a club have gone to their Twitter account and announced their core leadership group. I think I have. You know, 
Really? That's not. It's the sort of thing that happens within a club that you don't hear about. You announce the captain or the vice captain. No, I can't remember. Here's our senior leadership group. So when I saw that, I thought that reminds me of another club of them. And I'm sure I, ha- I have seen it. I'm trying to think. I, I can actually see. I can. It, I can see it in my mind now. The actual image of the team that did it. And I can't remember who the hell it was. It, to me, that's like going. We have no leaders. Here's our. <laughs> to me, it's like going. Here is our. Um, corporate team building uh, <laughs> exercise list of things we did here are four players that are nearly good enough to be captain <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so who, who are the core leadership group oh I can't remember Paddy Jackson Paddy Jackson Blair Cowan Nick Phipps Nick Phipps uh, and I, Matt Rogerson Matt Rogerson who's Thank Matt you. Rogerson by the way uh, Aussie number eight That's slash right, yeah. blindside yeah, yeah yeah he's definitely not English no I don't think so no I just no. I, seen... I thought he was. I thought he was Aussie. I've just looked him up, and he's, he's listed as English. Listed as being born in Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like we said, English. But I, I, I had it in my head that he was Australian. The, yeah, the, well, that's why I asked it because I thought I don't know why I thought this. So, yeah, I thought he was English, um, and they've also got a centre who looks Australian, who is English. He was born in London. Terence Hepatima? Yes, him. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm going with, yep, uh, Irish. Irish with all four captains on the field (laughs) to make good decisions. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going Irish. Worcester, give me Worcester. Mm. And then then, um, on Sunday, we've got an interesting match, which is Wasps-Bristol. Tasty, this one. So this was the other semi-final, wasn't it? So Exeter beat Bath in one semi-final, first versus fourth, yeah. and second played third, and Wasps, in the end, fairly handily put away Bristol. Mm. They did. So I'm going to say something now, which is, if there is a team that does not adapt, how do I say this? If there's a team that is intent on imposing their systems on you rather than adapting their uh, rather than adapting their systems to you is going to be Bristol. And I don't think Wasps are going to change much. I don't think Bristol are going to change much. And therefore, it leads me to conclude this might be a very similar outcome to last time that these teams, two teams met. Hmm. Now, um, Bristol are not going to have semi-Radrada. Why? Randrandra. Oh, he's, yeah. Because of the uh, 29 out of 32 Fijian players who have tested, sadly tested positive. What? Did they go to uh, Manchester but... University for, for a night out? <laughs> <laughs> Just team building exercise. Crikey. Uh, that's a lot of positive tests. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope and, they're all yeah, um, recover I'd, fine from yeah, this. So no I do hope they're all well. My guess would be, I don't know... So it could be completely ignorant, but my guess would be 29 positive tests, zero symptoms between all of them. Yeah, although... So hopefully they're all right. Yes, hopefully. Yes, Touch absolutely. Them. Quite. Uh, so, yeah, wasps. Simple as that. Yeah, wasps, wasps at home. Wasps, not hugely... Dis- neither team hugely disrupted by international call-ups. Um, but, um, yeah, repeat of last time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's that it. is it. And also the Pro Twelve uh, play this weekend. So Pro, Pro Four is it Pro Twelve or Pro Fourteen now? Pro Fourteen. Which is it, not sure it's it is, called right? the Pro Fourteen, but there are only twelve teams playing in it that because the South the African most, teams are not. That's playing. the most Pro Fourteen 
thing. <laughs> that is amazing, isn't it? That is the most profile. I mean, uh, I, you know, I was going to make a joke, but I don't need to make a joke. They made their own joke. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done, guys. And on that um, bombshell. <laughs> it is It is worth mentioning the Pro, Pro 14 or Pro 12 um, is now six rounds in, um, and there are three unbeaten teams, including Munster, Leinster, and my beloved Ulster, who remain un- unbeaten. Uh, so, well do you, done, Ulster. Do you care about that, Tim? Of course I do, JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's in fact, awesome. In fact, one of the games, um, I'm, I'm doing Ulster's first European match on the 11th of December against what? Toulouse. Nice. Yeah, wow. and, and then Munster as well that weekend so yeah absolutely I care I'm watching all of their games yeah yeah me too me too no I, I really am <laughs> it's, a fan, it's a fantastic competition which deserves equal respect uh, right there we go right Bye. he's at Jay Beardmore um, I'm at Cocker Phil's lurking we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled I mean JB mentioned it earlier but it's not never going to happen you, you lightning doesn't strike three times you've got Rob Baxter and you've got Saria McGeekin you're not going to get David Flatman so just I shut up about it yeah, I can't just, imagine just talking about it but on the very very off chance that it were to happen hit subscribe uh, on the podcast feed and if by some miracle that were to drop into the feed later this week then um, well it'll automatically download itself to your phone device computer whatever uh, yeah thank you very much for listening enjoy the rugby this weekend and uh, let the boys play let the boys play Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.